This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hey, thanks everyone. Good morning. How's everybody? Last day, kind of? Yeah, most people. All right, yeah. Cool. It's good to see so many people here to talk about the things I love the most, my city, the podcast, and how we got there. So uh, thanks for coming. I'm Steve, founder and co-host of Experience Milwaukee uh, and a lifelong Milwaukeean. Um, Experience Milwaukee, just to set some, some, some groundwork here, Experience Milwaukee tells the stories of the people, places, and events that make the city amazing. And so one full disclosure thing. So is this whose first time podcast movement Mine too. It's my first podcast event kind of thing ever. Like even just hanging out with other podcasters, which has been really cool. I purposely, even though we framed the talk, I purposely waited to get here to put together what I was going to say. Because I wanted to feel, hear, experience, learn from, from everyone what was happening, what was important, what was a value that I could bring. And so I literally, even this morning, was updating what I'm going to say. So I have my magical teleprompter back here, which is awesome. Um, but I appreciate you jumping over and joining me. Um, we're going to talk about what we've done, of course, but how it can relate to your podcast or your city-focused podcast in a way that can help you attract businesses for paid content partnerships, collaborate from local or regional tourism and economic development groups, um, and put you on a path really to start having conversations at the city level or even the state level to approach those audiences for funding. Um, and I just wanted to say a couple things about the show itself. Um, as someone who's close to it, Experience Milwaukee doesn't feel like a big podcast to me. I mean, we have, help, we have download numbers that we're happy with. We have listeners in 40 states and 30 countries all about a show just about Milwaukee. But I think the not big description fits more of us here than not. And so that's where I wanted to tailor this discussion and what I'll share today is primarily targeted to those of us on the smaller side of things with scrappy, resourceful hosts and a vision to grow your show, our shows, in the way that makes the most sense for us. So I'm going to do three things today. I almost said three. Three things. Uh, one, I'm going to teach you a little bit about Milwaukee, my favorite city. I'm going to teach you a little bit about, about the Experience Milwaukee podcast. And I'm going to teach you a little bit about how you can unite your city around what you're doing, your show, your movement you're creating. And so the number one question I get about the show is, what inspired you to start it, a podcast? And the simple answer is Adam, my co-host, and I, we're really devising a way to talk about Milwaukee so that we could get free beer. And don't worry, it's worked, we've done it. Um, but the deeper story for me is, I grew up in a low-income, single-parent household in Milwaukee, 
and um, when I graduated college, I inherited zero professional network. And so I made it my life's mission to create that. And um, so much so that it allowed me to launch my first company in 2009, which I eventually sold in 2014. And Milwaukee and my network or community within it enabled me to do this. So in 2018, when I was thinking of starting a podcast that would highlight the small growing businesses in our community, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, but before I get too far into things, let me back up a step. Anyone ever been to Milwaukee? Yes. Yes, cool. Um, uh, most people, when they tell me things about my city, they mention two things, sometimes three, but two. Anyone have a guess? Beer, I heard beer. Cheese, did I hear cheese? Beer, cheese, and Harley-Davidson motorcycles. True, all true, right? We have a lot of all of that. Um, but let me give you some, some scope. Milwaukee is about 96 square miles. We have more than 30 breweries. So that means there's at least one brewery for every 3.2 square miles of the city, sometimes even more. Um, Milwaukee has, the city has a population of around 600,000. There are one million cows in Wisconsin, which 98% of that milk is used to make cheese, which comes to 2.8 billion pounds of cheese per year, or 11 pounds per person in the US. So get eating cheese, everybody. We're doing our share. Um, so yes, we have beer and cheese. But here's the thing. When you dig into Milwaukee a little bit more, you'll realize it's an incredible, incredibly approachable city that sits on a great lake. It's a city that's home to amazing restaurants, cafes, musicians, museums, artists, everything to get you from brunch to nightlife. And here are some nuggets maybe you weren't familiar with about Milwaukee. One, it has a nickname given to it by its locals called Smallwalkie. It's in reference to how connected the city is. It's, it ranks fourth among major metro areas in corporate headquarters per capita. A lot of biz, bi, big businesses there. And though we're known for beer and cheese, we also thrive in manufacturing, fintech, and freshwater research and innovation. And even cooler, to me at least, we're a city of makers and entrepreneurs. So beyond the Harley Davidsons, beyond the Northwestern Mutuals, companies that had started in Milwaukee, beyond Generac in Milwaukee Tool and Miller Brewing, we have Investi, we have Rapid Radicals, we have Wantable, all of these companies that are getting their start in Milwaukee. And no big deal, maybe you knew about this, we have the world's largest outdoor music festival called Summerfest. So a bit about my city, this matters. It'll, it'll matter as we walk through this, but what's important is not that you remember all of this stuff. It'd be really cool if you didn't tell your friends. But uh, what matters is that we recognize things often start simpler than what they really are at the start. 
and this is especially important in the process of launching a podcast about a city, about a place, a community that you love. And though we started Experience Milwaukee as a quest for free beer, uh, what we've learned along the way has allowed us to grow in areas that I'm gonna share that we did not even imagine in the beginning. So, speaking of the beginning, I do remember the early days, and we have a goal of publishing uh, one episode a week. But in the, in the, at the start, even with a good Milwaukee network in a small Milwaukee setting, that was not easy. Anyone have trouble booking guests in the early days? No, everyone is, everyone is super awesome at it. We were not. Um, so we relied on friends. I, I remember watching the numbers. I remember obsessing over some of the numbers. And there were handfuls of downloads in the beginning. But after about six months, we were able to raise uh, about $30,000 in sponsorships. And Moonshot, right place at the right time, luck, probably a little bit of all of that. But I, I don't know why, but I felt a little icky with that model. I felt a little just off uh, looking at ads or sponsorships as a way to monetize the podcast, and we'll come back to that. So, challenges along the way. Uh, we have mostly always, if that's a phrase, we've mostly always had fun with the podcast. Um, however, I, my guess is some people could look at what we do and say you're not leveraging what the work that you're doing in the most lucrative way. What I do know is we've tried a lot of things and we've learned even more. And we have the most fun when we're having fun and we're not taking ourselves or the show too seriously. That's the formula that's worked for us. And I'm gonna get into how we've then driven that forward. So, and I just wanna say, I'm not getting paid for this. But thank, thank goodness for this show and, the, and all of you. I've learned so much uh, this week uh, about myself, about our show, what we're doing, how to bring value, how to share ideas. It's been amazing. Um, well, let's talk about, I think, the main point of, of why we're all here. We took a step back in 2021, and we asked ourselves, what do we want this podcast to be? I shared a lot of fun facts, fun things about the city. I shared a lot of maybe a little more impactful facts about Milwaukee and and, and we, we thought about all that stuff and we, we, we said, you know, we had started out with this mission to engage people about the things that make Milwaukee amazing. But as we reflected on what we had done, it became much more than that. And throughout the life of the podcast, especially during the pandemic, we kept the businesses that are the fabric to what you experience about our city connected to their customers in a more intimate way. They were selling gift cards, merch, to-go orders, and more through our stories. And this was a way of building, which we had not, I said free beer, right? We wanted free beer, that's it. And maybe some free whiskey as well. But we wanted free beer, but this was a way of building a new economic development engine 
to keep our restaurants, cafes, galleries alive. So we thought some more. What if we took this storytelling approach for these small growing businesses and applied it to larger, long-standing corporations? So I told you we had a mix, right? We have a mix of startups. We have a mix of these very for large Fortune 500 companies and tons of small growing businesses. We're a city of entrepreneurs, restaurants, coffee makers. But what if we took what we were doing for them and applied it to larger companies? We had been doing so much to showcase what it's like to live in or experience Milwaukee. What if we started to share what it's like to work for some of these great companies? So really focused on a phrase never uttered in the beer discussion, workforce development. Uh, so, and and when, we were, when we were doing that, we thought, we never thought our little show could have an impact on the economy of our city as well. So, how did we do that? Again, one of the, the pushes for us was we didn't want to go sell ads or have ads in our show or get sponsors. Instead, we thought, what if we monetize the podcast by doing more of what we already love to do? More fun. Telling stories about the people, places, and events that make the city amazing. So we launched a new content stream this year called Work in MKE. It's a way to showcase our incredible employers so that we can contribute to the mission of attracting talented people to Milwaukee. We're also in the middle. I had a meeting actually yesterday. I've probably spent 50% of my time here in my hotel room on meetings, so disclaimer there, disclosure, I should say. But I had a meeting yesterday about, with another group on launching our second new content stream this year called Tech and MKE. And that's to help uh, with highlighting the role of tech in our communities, our companies, our entrepreneurial ecosystem, and the vision for tech and its future in Milwaukee. So, enough about us, enough about Milwaukee. Let's talk about how you get there. And um, don't worry, there'll be plenty of time for questions and back and forth or whatever you need. I'll share my presentation I have on my laptop with you. I'll share this, whatever you want. Um, here, so, like my first company that I mentioned, intentionally, the city's rallied around what we're doing here with Experience Milwaukee. And here's the playbook we followed to get there. Uh, number one, and I realize these should probably be numbers versus bullets, so, um, but that's okay. Uh, number one, we started with reaching out, as I mentioned, to the small businesses that make up Milwaukee's best experiences. We validated the concept by having them on the show. After we had a few months of content, we started reaching out to Milwaukee's business improvement districts. So, so I know in different cities they can have different names. Sometimes it's only a chamber, sometimes it's a, an association. But they're responsible for supporting, promoting, and marketing businesses in a specific geographic footprint. And so by connecting with these business improvement districts, we could one, connect to guests in a more efficient way, 
And two, it was a great first step in establishing and developing relationships with community leaders. So that first step of business improvement districts was very important for us. And it gave us some credibility. So two, and for us, again, we're kind of slow. We drink a lot of beer. There was a pandemic to deal with. But after a few years of all of this, when we finally had the idea to take, uh, and, it, and it took some time to build our brand, we finally had taken the brand we built along with our storytelling approach to bigger companies to talk about them in the same fun way we talk about an experience at a restaurant in Milwaukee. Uh, one thing we did is we piloted the program. So when we started working with large companies, we approached people in organizations where we had really close relationships so that we could test with them how it could work, so that we could publish with them first in a safer way. And honestly, we did it for free or for very little money to start. Because when other large companies are considering working with you, they want to see two things. One, examples of what they're going to buy. And two is, who else is working with you? Which of their peers are already doing it? So it makes it a lot more safe for them to jump in. So that's one and two. Third step for us, now that we had small businesses, the business improvement districts, large companies, and examples we could point to, we went, uh, approached our city's chamber of commerce. And it's a pretty substantial group with hundreds of member businesses. So we wanted to do a few things. We wanted to update them on our progress, share the results, and bring value to their mission. So they're serving the small to large companies that we're targeting to develop content and get paid by. How do we work with them closely? How do we get them to buy into what we're doing so that they bring business to us? And so we did that. One of the most effective ways we're doing that is by offering an exclusive discount to their member businesses. They can only get by being part of, it's called the MMAC in Milwaukee. And I can't tell you what that means, so don't ask. That's one question you can't ask. Um, so uh, so that, was, that was three. Fourth step we took. About the same time we approached, we built a case to approach our uh, travel and visitors bureau. So we have a, an organization called Visit Milwaukee that is responsible for promoting its partner companies to sell conferences on our city and put people in hotel rooms. We want to match our content to that mission as well. So we are currently working through a number of proposals to do all of that. But we've got now small businesses, business improvement districts, large companies, the chamber, and our, our partner Visit Milwaukee. So now we have all of these entities all about the city supporting the work we're doing in some way. Which leads me to number five, which is the, probably the slowest and most difficult piece, elected officials. Um, no, they're great. So we, we are uh, working with uh, the mayor's office and even at the state level, 
uh, with the state senator on what we're doing around economic development, workforce development, uh, to potentially bring funding to the show in a way that supports those initiatives from the, the highest level in our state. Um, and I'll tell you this, we would not have hit number five if we were a show about getting free beer. We've only gotten there because we're focused on economic development, workforce development, talent attraction, and promoting our city in a positive way, which I think is only going to get even bigger and better um, regardless of your political, political affiliation with the RNC coming to the city. So even bigger spotlight on Milwaukee. Yes. Wait, we have a... All right, I'll repeat it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so the question is, are we a 501c3? We are not. We are a for-profit organization. We are working through that process. Um, my first company that I started received a grant even as a for-profit organization. So it's possible. It's a matter of the mission and the focus and or which organizations the money would flow. So maybe a 501c3 gets the funding to support aspects of our programming. So we're looking at all angles like that. We got to do it early because it takes a while because you got to get into the legislative cycle as well, too. So uh, I know there are five things or five bullets. I know it should be numbers, um, but I'll give you six, a bonus. Uh, one other thing we're doing on this playbook is collaborating with local and regional economic development initiatives. So we have a couple that are primary for us right now. One is focused on Milwaukee's tech, Milwaukee's tech infrastructure and talent, and the other uh, group is focused on better representation of more businesses in our communities. And so these are great partners to seek out in your city. Okay, I only have a couple more minutes and then we can do questions. Um, what have we learned? A ton. It's been an incredible journey. But uh, loving what we do is more important than how we do it. We're, we're doing some things, I think, really well. And we're, like, you could go look at our social and we kind of, we're super lazy on social, for example. Um, but we care more about keeping the love in this project because that's where the passion comes through in our, in our actual episodes. The, the most, most of the content that people consume anyway, and keeping things nights and weekends. So I have flirted with this being my full time, and it doesn't, again, I got that icky feeling. I love it being my nights and weekends, my creative outlet, my passion project, and my, my business partner agrees, and so we've, we're, we are purposely keeping it in that scope. The third thing we've learned, and I think this is super interesting, downloads don't matter to most of these companies we're working with. They really don't care. What they ask is, how are you gonna promote distribution once we create the content? And even more, their primary concern has been, can we get the content for our presentation, for our recruiting efforts, for our landing page, for our LinkedIn, and it's been very little talk 
on downloads and what those are. Uh, one final thing I'll leave you with on that. We launched, we've been around for over four years. We've done 200 episodes. We're just scratching the surface of what Milwaukee has to offer, and that's exciting to me. I love that part of it. So with that, I'll open it up to questions, comments, feedback. Thank you very much. I, like, you, you all have, uh, have exceeded my expectations on who would be here on a Friday last day. So rock on. I'd buy you all a beer if I had some. First question is coming yeah, from first over question. Here. Tell us your name first and where you're from. My name is Mindy. I am from Madison, but I live in Denver now. Awesome. Um, I, want, I have two questions. First, what is your favorite brewery in Milwaukee? <laughs> and uh, you said work in MKE, tech in MKE. You call these content streams. Are these paywall content streams? Do the companies pay you for this exposure? Yeah, so let me answer the tough one first, which is the brewery, brewery question. Oh, it's like, you know, which of my four kids do I love the most? Um, Currently, yeah, I, have, I probably have th three favorites. And they're all really close to each other, which is awesome. But in, in full disclosure, Indeed Brewing, which is actually from Minneapolis, but has a, a full brewing facility in Milwaukee. It's actually their innovation center. They're a sponsor. Love them. Third Space is just producing so much great beer right now. I can't even keep up, though I'm trying. And then Mobcraft, which is in, I think they're in Denver now as well. Mobcraft is a crowdsourced brewery. So you submit your recipes, they pick the winners, and they make the beer. So yes. So those are my, my one, three favorites. Um, work in MKE, tech in MKE. They are both paid by our clients, the companies we work with, to produce and publish. We put them into our content like regular stuff. We let our, our listeners pick. Um, they do just as, as good as the content about restaurants and, and museums and artists. So yeah, thanks for the question. Next one. Next question. There's oh, one there was in, one here. There's a couple in the back. Hey, oh, hi, I'm Brittany. Thank you, hi. this has been great. So I'm looking at creating a blog and podcast together around Tucson. And I'm just wondering, when you're creating content and deciding whether or not these organizations can use it, how do you distribute it to them? Are you just giving them the link to the episode because you're saying they might want to use it? Or are you like repurposing this into like Instagrammable audio clips for them to use? What does that right. look like when you're saying they want the content? All, all of that. Um, we try to keep the episodes just linked from where we host, but we do video components of it. So we'll break it into stuff they can use on social or things they can throw on a landing page, but we'll, we just create a folder and drop all the assets in there depending on what they want. Mostly do they want that video to use to recruit and promote their company from a third party source. And even though we're working with Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, they're like, well, we kind of want you to tell our story versus us touting our own story. So it's been interesting that we're a small little podcast, but they want the third-party credibility of our brand to be part of what the, their story is. And then it was another, okay, there's another one in back, and then we'll come Ron up Cameron? We have plenty of time. Don't worry. <laughs> Cameron Cushman from Fort Worth, which is just west nice. of here. Yeah. We run, a, I, we run a podcast called Innovate Fort Worth, and we do very similar to what you do. We just cover innovators, entrepreneurs, researchers, people doing cool things in our city. 
And we've had the hardest time getting Visit Fort Worth to care about it. And they, they, they do work to promote music, film, sports, all that kind of stuff, but they don't seem to care about entrepreneurship and innovation, which is what right. our show's about. Any tips on how to engage our essentially convention, convention and visitors bureau or like Visit Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, that, so that was a struggle for us in the very beginning because, quite honestly, the person who was in that role that decided on whether we could partner or not, I think, felt we were a little bit the competition. So we just continued to create content, and there was turnover in that role, and now we're like this. Um, we are showing how we bring value to their partners. So um, how do we... Uh, if you're focused primarily on innovation type content, I don't know if they can connect the dots to, a cor to that correlation or not, but um, what we, because we're talking about restaurants and bars and galleries and musicians, many of, the th many of the people or businesses that are members of Visit Milwaukee or partners of Visit Milwaukee, if we can help bring more value to their partners through them, that's how, that's how we've gotten in to deeper conversations. And now with the, I mentioned the RNC, with, the, with that convention coming, we need to put Milwaukee in the best light with all the media attention that'll be there. So Visit Milwaukee is looking for even, like they, they wanna have the most partners that are helping them do that as possible. Because the, the ripple effect for future conferences. So, and, and so if you can tie it into heads and beds, it's often what they look for. So, thanks. Was there? I'm just oh. curious. Yeah. I'm Larry Robinson with Kazookian. Um, we do a lot of municipal shows. So, I'm wondering, how are you pricing your shows? How much do they cost? Yeah. So, we do, I'll give you the details. Thanks. That's how I am. Uh, I haven't even had a beer in Manhattan yet. Um, <laughs> here's what we do when we engage a company on work at MKE, we do a couple of things. We interview a number of people in their organization. We rip the highlights, the best parts of those audio clips. And we, we put those highlight audio clips over a B-roll video we do of their facilities. So we don't do, we haven't yet done any video interviews. They've all been audio. We do a, an hour or two of B-roll capture in their facility or facilities put the highlights of, the, of all those interviews, sometimes six or seven or eight employee interviews over that video, and then we give a full-length recap audio episode of those interviews we did. So Adam and I, my co-host and I, will say, oh, we learned a lot about XYZ Corp, and here's, here, here are the great things we heard about their culture, and then bleed in the, the pieces of audio from what we heard from employees. So all of that, which we are very efficient on, we charge 10,000. And I think, we, I think we could charge more because these companies go, oh, that's it? We'll do it. It's about a half hour, 20 to 30 minutes audio and, a, and about a minute and a half video episode. One yeah. episode. One of each, one of each, yeah for that episode to promote their company? They pay us for two, one video episode, one audio episode, one long form, one short form. And then we give them all the stuff and then we wrap in some digital 
some digital support around it. Do any distribution at all? We we through our normal channels. Yeah, yeah. We use Anchor, so we throw it in Anchor and it goes on its way. And cool. Was there one more? Did you have one in the back? Oh, awesome, awesome. Now we discount that because we we're just trying nights and weekends. Free beer. Those are like you know some of our core tenets of why we started and what we're doing. So we found the price point we have is manageable on both sides, so we don't get too serious about it. Like you know, if the timeline changes or we need some extra or a little bit less of stuff, we try to keep it fun and light for everybody involved. A lot of these people in these companies didn't plan on having a work in MKE as part of their job this year or their role. And so we're just keeping everything as easy as possible for them. Question in the back? Yeah. Hi, uh, I'm Arch. I'm with uh, Discover Dayton, which is about Dayton, Ohio. And I um, is probably a similar podcast. I apologize if you talked about this already because there were a couple of ones I wanted to attend. But I'm curious what the best way you found to market to people in your community um, about, your, about the podcast, I guess. Uh, so honestly, um, it was very challenging besides word of mouth or, or things we've done on like paid digital, paid social, Google ads, those have, been, those have worked for us to increase awareness in our own community. These, the partnerships I walk through, and I'm happy to share the Google Doc I have that out, outlines our whole playbook. Um, the partnerships have been great because the Visit Milwaukee, the Chamber, the Business Improvement Districts, they're all sharing and they're talking about it to their audiences, which is, which is super helpful. Um, I will, coming out of the, of the pandemic, what I think is, is gonna really work well for us are events, parties, to be honest. We, we have a, on April 14th, 414, it's Milwaukee's most famous area code. So 414 day, Milwaukee day is April 14th. We held an event at Indeed Brewing on Milwaukee day this year. And on a day they normally get a trickle of people and it was packed hundreds of people like rotating from 12 till eight. I finally left at 8.30 because I couldn't take it anymore. I had to leave, so it was too, too wild. But uh, yes, yeah, so Events are, I think, are going to be the big thing in our community. Being present to help uh, market what we're doing to the to Milwaukeeans. I've got a question. Yes. Um, so you're running this like a business, although you said that you know you're using your off hours, so the evenings and weekends. Yes. Um, like, what's the end game here for you? Because you are running it like a business. If two years from now you decide to throw in the towel, but things are going great, have you set it up so you can hand it down to, throw, to someone? I've tried to throw in the towel. My <laughs> co-host is like, you can't quit. You're doing this. And I'm like, all right, let's keep going. Just send a, let's get some more beer. But uh, the, end, the end game for me is, is, is a couple of things. One, to keep doing this because I love it and it's a creative outlet. Um, the bigger kind of goal for me is to be able to help other cities do the same thing. Take our playbook, talk about our playbook, provide them a, a playbook on how other cities can get this kind of system up and running just based on all of our learning. And, and, and to be direct, to consult to other cities on it. Um, so that's, that's sort of my end. Mm -hmm. Plus, you know, my wife gives me, we have four kids. My wife gives me a lot of freedom to 
do the podcast. So it's a great way to get out of the house when there's four kids running around. That's why I'm here. I honestly looked at this show and I said, this show looks awesome. And I had never heard of it before, coincidentally. And I said, what could I do to attend for free? <laughs> and so I submitted a proposal to talk about this. And because I was speaking, my wife's family is actually in town in Milwaukee this week, like for like our mini family reunion. I don't have to be there. I'm here. I had to speak, babe. I couldn't get out of it. I have to go still. I'm kidding. I love all of them. So any other questions, comments, feedback? I'll stick around. I like, I'll give you my contact info or it's on the last slide. Reach out. I don't mind text. Like seriously, even if I don't know you, just tell me who you are, where you're from, how I can help. It's a, it's a hotline into how I share my experiences. So thank you all very Wonderful. much. Wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. Round of applause.